Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're, You're listening, listening to, to the Podmania, Podmania Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast, Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the NXT Retrospective, part three for NXT T- Fatal Folly, but I am joined by a very special guest. She's the cream in your coffee, your best friend's best friend, the pun in canon, the physical embodiment of kindness, the most entertaining person in the Carolinas, the Bernie Sanders of the Carolinas, the best of the best, Mrs. American Rana, Jenny Wrestling, the feminist savior, the 104 minute girl, the main event, she's really good at selfies, the queen of tops, the gender-pendant, Jennifer Toner. Hello. Hi. <laughs> right, okay, so everyone else is quite easy to introduce because it's like, here's such a such from such a thing. But like, I didn't want to just go, hi, I'm joined by my friend, Jen. <laughs> That's quite the number of titles that you gave me there, so thank you, I think. It's the intro from this dude called David Starr, (laughs) and I heard it, Mm. and I'm like, yes, I'm going to use that on a podcast at one point. (laughs) But it's very rarely just two people, and and like, the next time it's just me and Rob, I don't want to give him that much. Like, he he, he has not earned that much, so... I see. (laughs) Anyway, we're here to talk about NXT Fatal 4-Way from... The, oh god, it's on nine eleven. That's awkward. Um, commentary team being Byron Saxon, Renee Young, taking place, and Tom Phillips taking place on. I've already said when it's taking place. What were you doing around this time? Uh, <laughs> I I don't know, Chris. I didn't research that for this podcast. Sorry. But you were there. You were literally there. I was. No. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Where was I? What, what would I have been doing around this time? Oh shit! I'd be doing like prelims for skill god 2014 was a bad year anyway um in case you don't just so like you don't get a shock later in the podcast jen doesn't really watch wrestling well she watches what i tell her about which is mostly like the wholesome stuff that's correct yes i know nothing like she knows about bailey now um who by the way just won the women's championship oh well congratulations to her yes um she knows about the best friends and the Iconics, and I want yeah. to, and she still won't, I'm going to corner you live in here, air here, because you still won't join the tag team with me. I didn't say that. Yeah, you I did. actually, I agreed to it, and no, then you, you complained. No, I didn't. I'm pretty sure. No, I have, I have, <laughs> I have the twi- Twitter screenshot to prove that you rejected it. Ah, uh, well, in that case, apparently I rejected it. I'm sure I had good reason at the time. Oh, apparently you don't want big men hurting you. That's just... Yeah, that sounds like a good reason. Uh, anyway, so I basically, <laughs> I, I basically, I'm basically forcing her into this. We've done something like this before. We reviewed one woman once upon a time. Yes, we did. We had that was a very <laughs> was... long live show, and we had a good time doing it. <laughs> it. It was it was fun, but also bad because I did not have a microphone, <laughs> so you couldn't. Actually, yes, you can't actually hear what I'm saying, which is probably a good thing when it comes to Wonder Woman. Anyway, so. <laughs> Again, here to talk about NXT Fatal 4 Way, just jumping into it. Um, we open with a video package, just putting over the Fatal 4 Way match, basically, and then we go straight into the first match, which is the Lucha Dragons versus the Ascension. Now, the story here is that the Ascension have been dominant, destroying everyone in their way, including teams like Two Kill, the Wyatt Family, Neville and Corey Graves, and most weirdly enough, the American Wolves, which is a weird blip in NXT history. Whereas the Lucha Dragons won a tournament to get this opportunity, with um, Kalisto trying to win the championship at the last takeover with his partner El Kale, but failed spectacularly. Listen to the last part to know about that. Was it, what did you think of the story here? It was quite simple. Um, It was, I think, probably a very good introduction to wrestling, because I 
don't know anything about it, of course. Um, so like you said, it was a very straightforward, like underdog kind of story through the match. Um, and it was enjoyable, of course, because what, underdog stories always are. What do you think of the Lucha Dragons as a whole? I think the, it's the probably ones. really hard to breathe in those masks. And oh. I'm very impressed that they can do as many flips as they about, can do in them. Okay, so about Lucha masks. <laughs> um, the one, um, the Sin Cara, the one with like the full face mask. Those, sure. those masks are allegedly very hard to breathe in. Whereas yeah. um, Callisto, who has like the sort of half, well not half, but like his nose and mouth is out. They were actually created so people could actually breathe during lucha matches, but then lucha traditionalists started complaining about it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know anything about the luchador tradition, obviously, but that was just my initial takeaway, was just that I was very impressed that they were able to do as many acrobatics as they could oh, um, we'll while not breathing real good. <laughs> and the Ascension, there's some scary boys. <laughs> yeah, they seem to be. Oh god, like they actually do scare me. Like imagine if you ran into the Ascension in a dark alley. I'd rather not. Like oh my god. Just hitting <laughs> you Oh god, I'm scared now. Oh my lord. Um sorry. Anyway, so yeah, it's okay. It's just a podcast. <laughs> it's just no no one can hurt you here. Yeah, <laughs> you're safe, Chris. Tell that to Rob. Um Sinkara takes control early on with a ton of springboards. Um Connor comes up comes and overpowers him. God like seriously the over of the, the way the Ascension can overpower people back then was quite like the, the size differential between these two teams are quite staggering. Yes. Like imagine if like your wee dog had a fight with a bear. That's basically what was happening here. That's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Like big bear. Some people are into that. Um, a power bomb off the top rope into a <laughs> hurricane run. It's ouch. But, but, but power bomb looked like an absolute botch. So, like, if they hit the rope and then it went down, it didn't look like it was done right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, I, to I totally believe. Like, basically, it looks like they fucked up the move. Those definitely were all words, Chris. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I, this, is going, this is going exactly as I expected to do, and I'm actually really enjoying it. <laughs> so sorry. I'm, not, I'm actually really enjoying it. So, Connor knocks Callisto off the apron to do further damage to Callisto. To Sinkara. Callisto gets the hot tag, um, moves so fast, but Callisto keeps like bot. Like, they went for a code red, which is like a power bomb onto the back and flips him over, but they botched it and Victor went too early. And like, it looked like it fucking hurt. Um, Sinkara dives to the outside, taking out Connor, then Callisto dives to the outside, taking out both men in a bowling pin spot. Um, Sinkara prevents um, the fall of man by pulling Connor out the ring, which then Callisto, hit, Callisto hits for Selena Del Sol for the win. That's a cool move, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure it was. Do you, you know, you watch the show. Like, you know... <laughs> I did watch the show, but, like, I don't know specific right, moments. So I took notes is, on the things I noticed, Chris, and they okay, had nothing did, to do with what move did you names know, and stuff. What did you notice in this match? I don't want to say now, because now I just feel you're, silly with all of the... You're, you're fine. <laughs> you're, you're here to offer a fresh perspective. My fresh perspective was that I did enjoy it, but, like, I don't know the specific moves and stuff. Like, I noticed things like the production value and the storyline and the story that they were literally telling as announcers over top of everything. Like, I don't know the specific bouncing off of the ropes name move maneuver thing. I, I want to see you on wrestling commentary. <laughs> I this that wouldn't be the first time someone asked me to provide sports commentary because my opinion has nothing to do with what's going on. No, so. it would actually be very entertaining. <laughs> like, if if I ever have to do a fucking live stream for something, I'm forcing you on. Uh. I I my one of my cousins made me narrate an entire Super Bowl once because I narrated the game before that because he couldn't watch because his team was losing so badly. What was this over um, the phone? No, it was in person, oh. and uh, he stopped, he turned away from the television, and then as I was narrating, the team made a comeback, so then I had to narrate the whole Super Bowl because superstition. So I I have well, that on my well, resume. I could, I could do that for you. Superstition. Back up. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, like, because sports people are very superstitious, so are since they? my narrating made the team what win, 
obviously, that's, that's, I had to continue narrating that's dumb, for I think, the main. That, that's just dumb. I'm going to have to ask Rob and Garth about that, because they actually watch sports and not just this, which is basically anime fighting in real life. Um, you talked about the commentary there. You said when we were talking before that you had words about the commentary. Do you want to save them here? I don't. <laughs> um, I just, I'm not big on sports announcers in general. Mm-hmm. Um they kind of drive me insane for no matter what sport you're watching. And um, so this one, I eventually just started thinking about them in the terms of <laughs> the storyline in the background of a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made it a lot easier to watch, honestly. Well, that's the only real reason commentators are there, because like, it's, weir- it's weird. In WWE, they, uh, commentators get shouted at. It is discouraged for them to call actual moves. Yeah. Yeah, which makes no sense. Like, and... <laughs> Like, cause imagine, imagine if you were watching a football football game and we weren't allowed to say, well, a soccer, cause you're American, fuck's sake. Um, I am sorry. <laughs> how dare you? Um, <laughs> and um, they weren't allowed to say goal. That's basically what this is. Yeah, I mean, it was helpful for me because, like, again, I have no idea who these people are or what they're doing. So, like, as we progressed through the rest of like watching this, it gave very necessary backstory to figure out what was going on um but like during the match it's just a lot of yelling and very not nice things they say very not oh, nice yeah, things oh yeah when we get onto a certain match they say some very very not nice things yes but this match was fun um was fun enough like um with the, with like the botches aside it was a very good underdog story and yeah um you can get behind that like at this point the ascension had been champions for the best part of a year so like someone had to defraud them, and yes, like I guess these guys are as marketable as anyone. <laughs> uh, yes, I would assume so. Yeah, like we can sell masks and yeah, face. little toys and stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> we can sell little toys of anyone. Like if we can make a little toy of me, Uva would be cool. I know, but these guys have cool little masks and stuff, cool, accessories. Cool There's lots of things you could sell. I have cool little masks and, and accessories. Well, then why don't you have any toys yet? Because I'm not very marketable. Like, well, that's... If you pull the cord on my back, I'd just say cunt, 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 cunt. Well, you should probably record a different saying for the toys, just for the sake of I'm just, marketability. I'm just woody. But we can talk about it off air. It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> anyway, so afterwards, they made, um, they made the two luchadors um, do, do a promo which wasn't really fair considering they're non-english speakers and they just had a very flippy match yeah that was the point at which i was definitely like oh yes it's very hard to breathe in those masks because it's very hard to talk in those masks yeah and it's sort of like okay it's like so many different levels so they're not native english speakers so they're having to do a little bit extra to remember what they're meant to say um yes they have to get their tone right because they're basically actors right and they have to do it while they just had like a seven eight minute flip fest um, yes. where we got beaten up it, by two big dudes. it is impressive that we could even talk like i'm not even going to try and dissect the promo because it's really not fair to like yeah i mean i like, think they did a good enough job especially I, considering all the stuff you just said i can barely talk in the language in my native language when i've walked up a slightly steep hill so <laughs> Well, you're not a trained professional, so <laughs> I'm also, you shouldn't compare yourself. I also do not fucking exercise. And then um, they talked about nine. <laughs> they talked about nine eleven, which is slightly awkward. Yeah. Fun fact. My yeah, much like. Fun fact. When you brought it up earlier, <laughs> your mom. Go on. My mom. My mom's birthday is on nine eleven. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So she, she she can never enjoy her birthday again. Yeah, that's a lot. Anyway, so next we had an age. <laughs> Next, we had an Adrian Neville video package. So I'm going to give some background for each wrestler in the Fatal 4-Way as we go through the video packages. I'm in this, he talks about um, his um, the match and how in 2014 he's undefeated. And he has defeated everyone in this match, setting him up as a strong champion who is starting to get a slightly big head. Okay, so Adrian Neville, he's from Newcastle, which is actually about an hour and a half drive from where I live. Um, oh. So he's basically a hometown boy. He's actually from where Gar's from. Um... He has, he's ba- at this point, he was basically the best NXT he had. You he, he saw the flippy stuff he could do. He's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this video package? Did it help put forward the story enough for you? 
Um, yeah, it <laughs> took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to realize which parts were just promo and which parts were like we're about to start punching each other. Um, but uh, once I got that all figured out, I did very much appreciate and kind of went back to review who the people were before the big match started. Um, so, yeah, I definitely appreciated like um, having the context <laughs> to understand what was going on, even coming in with like zero knowledge of anybody. It, it definitely gave me an idea or overview of what was going to happen, at least in this show. Yeah, that's actually part of the reason why I picked the show for you, because it set up <laughs> like um, this is could be your first show from this promotion. Because yeah. um, they had advertised it actually on Monday Night Raw, which is their big show they have on Monday nights. This is their developmental ground. So they had for people in the main event have a tag match on Monday Night Raw to advertise the show to get more eyes on this. So, ah, Well, they did a good job. It was uh, pretty straightforward, and it definitely set me up to understand the rest of what was going on through the rest of this so tight um so next up we had <laughs> so so next up we had cj parker versus baron corbin the story here cj parker parker wants to wrestle to Im promote environmentalism and demanded a match and baron corbin was in the building basically <laughs> okay yeah i wasn't super clear on how we got those two together right okay, um, so... or why we really hate the environment for some reason okay so but... We do. WWE is run by someone who is best friends with Donald Trump, to give you context. Um, I mean, listen, I had that context going into it. I just meant in general for the story for this. I okay, was just kind of is, like... Um, NXT at the time was exclusively filmed in Florida. So any environmentalism gimmick was not going to go over as a good guy. Sure. Like, honestly, it's just them playing to their demographic. Um, so Corbin basically hits his big move and wins. Like the move, yes. the move was quite cool. Yes, I had just enough time to write down everybody's names, and then that he won, and then we went to do something else. And I was like, "Okie dokie." Um, the Baron Corbin is also a scary-looking dude. He sure is. He's very large, and his gimmick seems to be that he's very large. Oh, he, he his gimmick would evolve. Like, let me let me take <laughs> you. Right, so <laughs> he started off here, and then he just became. So he's a former NFL player. Um, okay. so he turned into a dick, like, so NXT would start to, um, sign all these, like, big stars from outside WWE, and he'd be like, he'd name all these stars, and he's like, they had to grind for years on the indie, I just had to make a phone call, and I was hired. Like, it would be that kind of thing, and most recently, he's been, he cut off all his hair, and has been wearing a waistcoat while wrestling. It seems hot also, but, <laughs> does, sure. does it seem hot, does it? <laughs> no. Anyway, um, yeah, that one was a very short match, what do and you, that guy. What do you think of CJ? Was, did you want to? Did you want to cheer CJ Parker? I like I said, I had enough time to write down everybody's names, and then it was over. So, so like, I didn't really connect with anybody. I mean, I I'm pro environment personally. I think it's good to have one, and we should be good to I, it i agree we should definitely have some kind of environment exactly yes it's vitally important for life and things you know in that case i don't want an environment um tyson mm -hmm. a tyson kid promo basically he's a dick <laughs> basically... that's what i got i literally didn't get his name because they kept calling him natalie's husband Na and that yeah. was bad for some reason oh, and right. so this... that's the notes this, that I have here this is before. a question mark, and it says he hates his wife. This so is... that's the notes I have oh, on no, that. Oh, no, he loves his wife. He really that's loves his wife. not what the package said. Okay, so let, let me say, <laughs> Okay, so I think I can feel... Okay, so Tyson Kidd, he, he's a former tag team champion on the main roster, but he stopped getting used, so he came back down to NXT so he could get noticed. And he's been and he's frustrated because um, his wife is having a bit easier time down in NXT than he is. So she got noticed. Mm -hmm. She got noticed and got more bookings up on the main roster, whereas he's still down in basically the minor leagues trying to get noticed. After he'd already yeah. been at WrestleMania and stuff. And but yeah. I I, like, I enjoyed his promo here though. Like he went through the attributes of the other three competitors, and then went through his attributes and went, oh, and then also you have Neville, <laughs> Sami Zayn, and Tyler Breeze in this match. And I was like, oh yeah, that one was cute. I did like that one. Um. <laughs> So, uh, how he'd go, actually, he'd go onto the main roster, but as his wife's manager. And yeah. he'd start, no, but it's not as sweet as you'd think. He'd start, he did it just so he could get attention. 
Oh, I assumed as much. Yeah, like um, every time his wife would go on the ropes, he'd go on in front of her on the hard camera and pose in front, like in front of her, so you couldn't see her and just him. <laughs> and then, like during her matches, he wasn't paying attention. He was taking selfies on the outside, going, "Isn't it great to be on the main roster?" Yeah, see, I'm going to stick with my initial evaluation that he doesn't like his wife very much because you're I, not giving I, me evidence to the contrary. Oh, actually, there was a reality show that his wife was on and um, he just wouldn't pay attention. <laughs> actually, the more I think about it, he might not like his wife. There was a reality show um, him and his <laughs> wife were on and like she was desperately trying to get his attention, but, he, but she, like, she literally walked in wearing fucking next to nothing and was like, hey, what do you want to do? He's like, nothing, I'm just watching wrestling, leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, part of the package that they showed here that I do remember was that, I don't know, he was doing some kind of thingy, and he hit her, and she fell down, and then he was like, yeah, but, like, I'm busy right now, so... Yeah, he... Okay, I think he might like his wife, but is also very inconsiderate and should probably do more to keep her. I'm just saying that's the information I got was all of that I was provided with in the promo, which is that he doesn't like his wife very much. <laughs> Maybe there's more context elsewhere, but in the in the confines of this match that I watched, this man really doesn't like his wife very much, and that's pretty much his whole personality, according to what they gave me there. Very true. Moving on, Enzo Amari taking on Sylvester Lafour in a hair versus hair match. So basically, how this started, they both don't really like each other, and they both have pretty pretty different hair. Um, Carmella, who you would have seen in the promo package of this, got fired as her hairdresser's um, as a hairdresser, because there was a fight in her workplace, which resulted in a, what was it? A, a dog a, getting covered in yogurt. Oh, it, in, well, I'm sorry, hair, potion. Hair removal cream, Jennifer. Potion. And, they call it potion. Oh, God, do they? Wow. And then they started, then the dog was bald. <laughs> Puff. Yeah, they didn't actually show that in the package, but yeah, it was they just, definitely they just, inferred. Yeah, but like... But, but, I assume there do, was photos of it elsewhere on I'm the sorry, internet or Do something. you want them to shave the dog? I don't, but, but I just assume. Right, it's just not going to hurt the dog you, to shave it. You can either choose to have a very cold dog, or... Well, don't leave oh. it outside. What is wrong with you? Oh, we weren't going to leave it outside. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in charge of this segment. I was 15 at this point, okay? I'm just saying. Anyway, so this, this <laughs> match was very basic, but not actually anything to talk about in the match itself. But the yeah. commentary in this match... Yeah, they were not very nice. They were not very nice. Well, they are very nice to Enzo. They were not very nice they to were, a, They were not very they nice were not to very nice to like bald people or like um Pe just people in general people who men have long hair. people who have any physical attribute whatsoever. Yeah. It was just not very nice. Like no one was safe in this match. Like I felt no, personally very attacked mean. several times. I think they switched sides at one point in the middle there also, which was interesting. Well in the sense of fairness, I guess. I have written down here we're rooting for enzo for some reason so apparently i was very moved oh we're rooting for enzo because his <laughs> intro is really is really good it's definitely something that's for sure uh big cast was sort of a non-factor here wasn't he as was um the other french dude who i forgot the name of marcus <laughs> louis that was his name marcus louis yeah i had to find it um so it's okay. So I've actually got it written up here. Um, Byron Saxon was pro Lafour, and Web and the other two were pro Enzo. Okay. And okay, so if it, it don't really give you good context here, Enzo's meant to be the good guy. Yeah, I did. I got that. I don't know why. No, but I, 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 yeah. I couldn't tell you why either. To be honest, he's to be honest. In <laughs> real life, he's not a very nice man. He doesn't seem very nice, his character. I don't know anything about real life him, but his character is oh, kind his of... Ca um... his character... It started out as sort of like a comical um, trash-talking New Yorker. There's actually a really funny... Yeah. There's a really funny segment. So, like, at the beginning of this type of this particular show, um, they started bringing down, like, bigger stars just to cut a promo to get more people through the door because they weren't drawing enough. Right. So they brought down this guy called Ryback who'd basically just kill people. And... Oh. So he came out, cut a promo on him, and then um, 
so, so he turned to cat um the big guy and was like okay we're going on three one two three and that's the big guy going get big guy gets taken out and he's like now let's take this easy here <laughs> so like basically he's funny he's it's he was a comical enough character to endear himself to the crowd right Right, and, and like he's definitely got enough personality and character that I can see how he would make it be memorable enough, basically, in order to be interesting. He's quite a charming um, man, um, uh, in in case. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but um, definitely enough to make an impact. Versus, like, you know, we talked about a guy earlier whose gimmick was this person is very large, and also the guy who was next to him in this match, uh. Cass, I guess. Um, His but, gimmick uh, is Colin, he's very large. Oh, Colin Cassidy, yeah. He's seven foot tall and he can't teach that. Actually, you know what's funny? Yeah. Um, so they, since Carmella got fired as her job as a hairdresser, she became a wrestler because uh-huh. that's, okay. that's a logical jump to make. Um, right, that's what I do when I get fired. Go on. She actually became a women's champion further down the line. Oh, and, that's nice. Yeah, but fans didn't like it because they don't like her. Um, um. <laughs> and uh, so anyway... Um, they come out, so it's like, my name's Enzo Mori, Bonfai G, and Bonfai Star Cantis Rat, Cass, Seven Foot Tall, Cantis Rat. Then point at Kamala. That's Kamala, and she's hot as hell, and you can't teach that. And I'm just, this is a very all around sort of problematic gimmick. Yeah, it's um, not ideal. It's not. For sure. It's not ideal, but this is 2014. We've come a long way in five years. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I really do. Well, he isn't with the company anymore because they realised he wasn't a good person to have around. Um, okay. Anyway, so he wins by roll up, and then um, Sylvester for runs away. Yeah, which I didn't realize was an option. Uh, no, um, that's not, so that's nice. That is technically not an option. He, <laughs> in case in storyline, he could be fi- fined or fired for doing that. Right. Because he because he but signed he... a contract saying if I lose, I will be shaved. Correct, but you know he decided to go and do this running away part. Yes, and then his friend, Marcus, gets covered in <laughs> yeah. the potion. Potion, yes. Then he runs backstage to get his head shaved because it's not... A d- but just, you know. Anyway, so right. we'll come back my to, favorite, we'll come back my to favorite, that later. <laughs> in, in, my like, favorite entire part of this match was um, at one point one of the commentators said, someone has to lose their hair, and someone else went, I agree with that. That's a valid point. And I was like... <laughs> The language here is my favorite. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, um, this is actually my favorite part of commentary. Like, they were just shitting on people, but, you know, that's what I do on this podcast. So. Well, I guess that there's a market for that, so that's important. Yeah, we have 30 listeners a week, baby. Um, why did I say, that's more why, than I have. Why did I say so. baby? You don't have a podcast. I think a, I think a, you, I think a you and me podcast would be great. Well, we'll see how this episode does. <laughs> Anyway, so there was a Tyler Breeze promo, and basically Tyler Breeze is very, very pretty. Yes, that's what I have written down. Tyler Breeze thinks he's pretty, the... and then there's a line, and then we move to the next match in my notes. Okay, so <laughs> you're at least somewhat attracted to some men, and <laughs> I can't... Is, is Tyler Breeze attractive? Um, In a very clinically Ken doll kind of way, yes. You, you see, because I think Tyler Breeze is an absolute daddy, and <laughs> well, what's your reasoning? I mean, like the the it says in his theme song, there's like the hair, the jaw, the selfies, just unbelievable. Okay. I just to be honest, I just like how rounded a gimmick he is. <laughs> like, so in his... I think he's a very good character for sure. In... I don't know. So in his match on the last special. Um, he did not get mad until someone pu- until his opponent punched him in the face, and then he got mad because that's how he makes his living. Right. Yes, I absolutely loved him as a character for sure. I I he's, have that written down in my notes later on. He's basically um, Zoolander. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he's great because he's awful. But as far as like, if you're asking if I do find him genuinely attractive, it's a little too. He's very, he's very modeled after like a, like a literal Ken doll. Like his hair is dyed and everything, and it's uh, an interesting choice. That is fair. Anyway, so moving on, we have Ken. <laughs> I I'm not good at segues. We have Kenta's debut. Um, so William mm-hmm. Regal coming out, introducing a package and praising him, hyping him as something special, the biggest international signing ever. Kenta 
is one of the biggest Japanese wrestlers, not physically biggest, but like one of the biggest Japanese yes. wrestlers of his generation, being one yes. of the main vocal points. I understand you're not going to know what any of this is, but this is for the point of a retrospective. Um, being one of the main mo- vocal points of um, pro wrestling Noah in Japan, at the time the biggest wrestling company in Japan, selling out the Tokyo Dome multiple times a year. Uh, he has wrestled legends like Kenta Kabashi, Marafuji, and probably Sasuke, I can't remember, and <laughs> and has won every championship in NOAA, winning the GHC Heavyweight, GHC Junior, GHC ha- Tag Team, and GHC Junior Tag Team Championships, which is a big deal in Japan. Not, ma- not many juniors move on to be full-on heavyweights and be that successful. He is also over in America, being featured in places like Ring of Honor. He, so he comes out and he says he's very happy to be here, and he's, he will now be known as Hideo Itami, basically because WWE don't like people using their real name, so if they leave, they can keep the name they built up in WWE, and they can't use it outside WWE to get bookings, which I think is a map there, but oh well. Um, Hideo Itami, by the way, um, meaning Hero of Pain. Oh. So, so that's pretty cool, because Hideo Itami actually sounds like a real name. Yeah. So that's actually really well done. And then the Ascension came out because they're very angry that they yeah. they're very angry that they lost earlier. I noticed. I have written down the Ascension reappears and are big jerks. We are big jerks. Like, <laughs> let's see. Hideo Tami's done nothing wrong here. It's true. He was adorable, and I very much enjoyed his introduction and his very well spoken um, introduction to his new name and all of that in the in the new wrestling sphere. I find it very hard to find him adorable because I see how he kicks people. I haven't. So see, I don't have that problem. I'm just oh, very I'm proud just... of him. I was like, oh, you did so good. Congratulations. You've got into a. Oh, he recently left for WWE because they weren't using him properly. That sounds fair, honestly. <laughs> Um, they're, not, they're historically not very good with Japanese talents. This is the first time they made a big deal out of signing a Japanese talent, so. Well, that's, I mean, progress, I guess? They I have, don't know. To be fair, they have made two more big um, Japanese signings since signing Hideo Itami. It was Shinsuke Nakamura, who has went on to have a WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. So, not awful. And then Kushida, who just debuted a few weeks ago, but they're trying to make him look like an absolute megastar, so. <laughs> Anyway, so the Ascension come out, attacks Hideo, um, Hideo gets gets them back and scares them off, because um, yes. the Ascension have also seen how Hideo kicks people. Yes. Anyway, so next up we have Bill Dempsey versus Mojo Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> right, Kay. can you stop laughing at my transitions, please? I am trying... I'm sorry! <laughs> it's very... I just wasn't prepared for that one. Okay, so do you want to hear a story about Bill Dempsey? sure okay so Do I? okay so a few weeks ago um and actually for last week's podcast um i had on um james i believe his name is i've forgotten his name shit oh no <laughs> I, I had one just of, edit it in later I, I just had, paste it right over whatever you of, said there i had one of the guys from the irish whip podcast on and <laughs> an absolutely lovely guy like seriously sweet as fuck guys yes. like after we went off air he was like oh if you need me last minute man just give me a call and i'm like last minute we're in different time zones man so you've given me enough because we're actually like pretty big and um, but he was also like doing that podcast um you know if you wanted to get a wrestler on i could probably swing it because he does like security at shows because he's six foot seven and you try messing with someone who's six foot seven yes and... they're very big that's a good gimmick yeah <laughs> <laughs> You're you're catching on. To you this. don't like my analysis there. Okay, no, no, continue. I, no, I like your analysis. You're really catching on to this. Anyway, so <laughs> so um, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna see Bull Dempsey, and I could probably get him on for you." I'm like, and I and I I thought he was joking. I honestly, honestly, God, thought he was joking. So I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. man, yeah, man, go get Bull Dempsey, yeah, totally," because he's a bit of a joke in wrestling. And I was like, "Yeah, go mm-hmm. get Bull Dempsey," and then Bull Dempsey big timed us. Like he didn't just oh. say no, sorry. You know what he said. I what only do first? major podcasts. Well. <laughs> and like, I, okay, I understand this isn't a major podcast, but you don't need to be a dick about it. <laughs> well, you can't put him on blast. What if you become a major podcast? <laughs> then I will never have him on. Oh, I see. You're going to pod- reverse. I, I got no, major it. Pod- no, he, major podcasts are too big for fucking Bull Dempsey, right? <laughs> but, 
Bill Dempsey is a bit of a joke in wrestling, <laughs> but oh well. Also, apparently, um, he ten year olds or like young kids would go up to him asking for a photo, and he'd snap at them, going, "That's ten dollars." Oh, well, that's not very nice. No, so he's a bit of a cunt, really. So, I I, oh. I reserve my right to not be very nice about him. Anyway, so he's taking, <laughs> he's taking on Mojo Rawley. Mojo and Bill were in the same tournament as the Lucha Dragons, but after they lost, Mojo. Mojo got turned on by Bill because Bill Dempsey mm-hmm. is a cunt. Anyway, this match wasn't very long, was it? <laughs> it was. Uh, I have it written down. He beats Mojo in about fifteen seconds. Yeah, there was. So... There was a. <laughs> there was a body slam, I think, and then a headbutt, and then. Uh, this was certainly a match. If you say so, that it counts, then sure. Okay, anyway, so, like, I forgot to go over it. Mojo's gimmick is basically, he really likes partying. Oh. Like, I have written down very fast and punchy, so I didn't get that from he, whatever intro that they gave him. Oh, um, there's a WWE did a reality show where we just followed around um, the wrestlers in, like, the developmental ground. We called it breaking. It's actually really cool. And... I believe you. I'm just, you know, you wanted the outsider perspective. I don't yeah. have the background, yeah, no, so yeah, like, no, but, I got fast I, and punchy. I, I, enjoy <laughs> filling, I enjoy filling you in on some of these things. Um, oh, yeah, that's I'm, fine. I'm not trying to be condescending. It's like if, no, no. It's like if I talk to you about progressive politics. Like, I am definitely a newcomer. <laughs> <laughs> While I, de- I will support the idea of progressive politics, I do not know shit. Anyway, um, going f- so they followed him around, and he managed to get a girl's phone number um, while in a car. <laughs> in a moving car oh like he literally just put up a sign saying give me your number and the girl put up another sign giving him his number ah that's better yeah so it was it was consensual <laughs> like but there, was, there was no he he didn't he, he didn't corner the girl gave this girl plenty of space in fact about two car whips and yeah it's an interesting choice it, but hey to each their own you know yeah you know go Got to get that anyway, somehow. Anyway, so Enzo and Cass are backstage looking for the French people. The Italians hunting right. down the French. God, it's like World War Two, And they find them cha- um, and chase them. And then the innocent dude, like, Marcus Louis has done nothing in this situation. And he's getting publicly berated. What has he done to deserve this? He's I don't lost- know this. He has already lost his hair. And... That, that's already quite hard like he was forced into losing his hair which I can't imagine is very nice and then he's being <laughs> publicly berated in front of about 400 people and then millions watching at home yeah um, the announcers were super really mean and it made me feel bad even though I know that it was a performance so he did a good job performing I guess because I felt very sad about the whole situation they called him hideous they called him a lot of things Chris it's so, it's so not nice it was not nice at all. Oh. And it was upsetting to anybody at home who, like, can't grow hair. Like, that's not cool. No, like, they're not hideous. I'm, I'm sure they have very nice chrome domes. And... <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you more audibly upset with me. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, that's very, very true. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so then they plug BuzzFeed. Fuck off. And then we move on to... um. Charlotte Flair versus Bailey, which is I feel is going to be Jen's favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> which is, I'm assuming, the reason that you chose this one for me to watch. Honestly, though, like I could have chosen one where Bailey won the championship if I really wanted you to feel good, good for her. But anyway, so Bailey is over because she likes hugging and is very plucky, like very, very plucky. I love her. She, <laughs> she, she's a massive fan of wrestling. And that's why people love her. She got over naturally because of how much she obviously wants to be there. And that's why mm-hmm. people like her, because she's obviously living her dream and people can get behind that. Yes. I like her. <laughs> she's very good. She is. She is. And Charlotte Flair is simply the best in the current women's division on NXT. She... That's what they said. <laughs> do, you not, do, do, you still, do you think it's Bailey? I don't know because i don't watch wrestling i just was they they said she was real good so i believe them she lets that get to her head she's the daughter of rick flair who was a 16 time world champion and she sees herself as genetically superior which has led to her being you know they may have mentioned that once or twice through the match (laughs) or every time she was on screen every time she was on screen 
um, this leading to her getting rejected by the WWE fans and also leading to Jen not liking the commentary team very much. And, <laughs> and so so we have two diametrically opposed people here. One, a natural fan fa- favourite who should not be where they are but got there through hard work where someone who's basically be handed everything they have and um, feels like they're genetically superior. Bailey got here by <laughs> beating Sasha Banks who is pro- seen as the second best in the division twice. And we'd be seeing more Sasha Banks later on. But anyway, the match was fun, wasn't it? It was. I enjoyed it quite a bit because I very much liked the storyline and I very much liked Bailey. <laughs> yeah, mostly just Bailey. <laughs> and uh, what? <laughs> mostly just Bailey. I just I mostly just Bailey. I liked Bailey a lot. She's real cute. Like, um, she's someone who a... just, like it's someone who just enjoys hugging. It's you if you were a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I have her written down as a big old nerd who's excited about things. And, uh, yeah, I I like that a lot. Anyway, so Bailey has wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man, which I love. <laughs> you know, they stopped calling them that when she got to the big show. They called them wacky waving inflatable arm flailing Bailey buddies, which I kind of hate. Oh. Because <laughs> it sounds like a fucking Care Bear or something. And I'm like... Yeah, that was which too I, much. Which I'd be fine with, but also, like, a bit too cutesy for someone who's about to go into a fight. Well, I think her whole thing is being too cutesy to fight, though. Yeah, but, like, I think she was right on the edge. That's what pushed it over for you? Yeah, and that's what made me sort of reject Bailey for a little while. Oh, poor Bailey. (laughs) Oh, no. Right, so, like, she used to be, like, she got really, really, really popular. But then, sort sort of, since she was doing the same thing over and over again, people got a bit bored of her. It, which right. which escalated until about two months ago when she debuted on SmackDown. Um, yeah. People booed her so much that in real life she had to find a cupboard to hide in because she was so sad. <sighs> That's upsetting. That is upsetting. It's, it's, it's upsetting how savage wrestling fans are sometimes. Yeah. But anyway, this was actually a really nice back and forth. Like, the story here is that Bailey is getting in way more offense than people would ever expect her to. Right. Against the genetically superior, as we've been told, Charlotte. Yes, she refused to give her a handshake or a hug, and it was terrible, and everybody was like... <gasps> <laughs> I know, right? So it's like, you're going to shake my hand? No. What about a hug? Fuck you, Charlotte. And then ba- <laughs> and then Bailey becomes the aggressor. Um, Bailey's going to hug you, Chance, going throughout the arena, which is great. It's normally, insert person here is going to kill you. So, hug- yeah. so like, I, this is a more gen-friendly chance. <laughs> Bailey takes control of an uppercut and elbow combination, and when Flair gets back with a backslide into a netbreaker, very smooth. She is actually in the best, the most smooth wrestler on the roster at that point. So, um, and Bailey hadn't been wrestling long, so she was in there with a perfect opponent. Like Bailey got a lot better very quickly. Like this is the point where she started getting tips into being seen as a good wrestler rather than a good character. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. A lot of headlock. This match built beautifully, so when at the end they were hitting their big top rock moves, they actually felt massive. So Flair goes for a moonsault, goes for a moonsault, and basically eats shit on it. And then Bailey at some point hits a top rope Hurricane Rana, which is like the top rope puts her legs around her and flips her around. That sounds like a delicious adult beverage. What, a Hurricane Rana? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> What are you enjoying this week, Chris? A nice little <laughs> hurricane rana? Yeah. What type of adult beverage is it? Uh, it's very fruity. But go on. It's very that fruity. Happens. What, what kind of fruity? <laughs> um, there's definitely pineapple. Definitely pineapple. But is it on pizza? Yes. Um, well, no, because then it wouldn't be a drink. That's weird. You can, you can blend pizza. But why would you? Why? Why would you blend pizza? I I know maybe you can't chew. Okay, well there's a valid reason, but why would you blend it with the alcoholic beverage? Maybe you can't chew, and I'm and I'm also very sad. You shouldn't drink because you're sad, Chris. <laughs> I know you tell me this a lot. <laughs> so wrestling. So wrestling. Um. So. Okay, so I'm going to go into some wrestling jargon here. You can, you're allowed to go. You're not. You're, um, you don't understand what I'm talking about. So this yeah. this match built to a great crescendo. So like we started out with smaller moves, 
kept the gimmick going throughout and then moves got progressively more dangerous until okay. ev- until eventually Flair hits a moonsault Bay- which is a backflip off the top rope Bailey kicks out Flair hits her natural selection finisher and wins so like the finish came out of nowhere which is great for suspense um, both people hit big moves but not so many big moves that the big moves didn't mean anything we hit just enough big moves for it for big moves to feel like big moves and like mm-hmm. so basically imagine if in a marvel movie the whole thing was just um thanos throwing planets at people like, oh i mean i've definitely watched plenty of action movies where there's just all so much action that it becomes boring yeah so like i definitely can understand and i do think that this was like a very good fight i'll let you finish your um summary but we can talk about my feelings on it after i guess <laughs> yeah anyway so again amazingly built up there was no like big spot there's no spots that make you that would normally make you gasp but because they saved um the big spots we had to the very end they did make you gasp so yeah um this match was built on pure audience interaction like the audience were at fever pitch well almost but when bailey actually won the title the audience were actually at fever pitch wanting her to win but <laughs> um, here we were at fever, as much fever pitch as we possibly could be before this um, part of WWE got really big. Um, what did you think about the match as a whole? I really loved it. Um, you know, you were accurate in choosing a match with Bailey in it that I would enjoy <laughs> for sure. Um, but it was just overall really well done, and um, it honestly made me. This was the only part that made me interested enough to be like willing to watch more to see like where her story goes from here <laughs> i'm not into wrestling do you want as to know, you know do you want to know where her story goes well no because <laughs> <laughs> you told me already she just won a championship and etc right, okay like... do you want me to tell you where like this particular um building her stock up story goes sure okay so in two takeovers she would compete in a fatal four-way match where she would narrowly lose out two takeovers after that after grinding for about another year after this um she would get her big match at the first ever nxt arena show in front of fifteen thousand people who all wanted to see bailey win and she won after one of what is considered the best women's match in company history well good i'm glad um i just i was really into it and it was definitely it's like um a very punchy soap opera like the storylines are intentionally over the top and dramatic in a way that makes you want to be drawn in and like want to know what happens next and then you're left with enough cliffhangers that you have to continue watching in order to figure it out and like i really enjoyed that through all of the matches that i watched but this one in particular i really liked especially um because of what happened after the match yeah so sasha banks comes out to attack bailey um crowd chanting <laughs> sasha's ratchet i forgot that was a thing so basically oh. one day charlotte called her ratchet and it stuck <laughs> that's a bummer i know right it's not very it's not a very nice thing to call someone oh sasha banks by the way snoop dogg's cousin oh well that's cool nice for little, them nice little tidbit for you there i really thought <laughs> they should have she's actually um she had a WrestleMania match and snoop dogg sang her out which was quite well not wrapped her out snoop dogg doesn't sing you know what i mean um so then yeah. flair saves bailey not because they're friends but because of the match they just had and the respect that bailey earned from flair that night yes and it actually made me a little bit teary-eyed because it was just very beautiful <laughs> it, was, it was very anime like, I liked you, it a lot. You have earned my honor. I will now yes, say it was you. wonderful. Um, at, at the next takeover, Charlotte will take on Sasha, partly as revenge for this, because Sasha would sense. Sasha would go on tormenting Bailey until Bailey beat her twice in a row. Uh, yeah. Actually, very quickly, because I'm, ne- I'm never going to be able to bring this up with you again. Bailey got a super <laughs> fan who was in the front row of every NXT show. Oh. It's a wee girl. It's not like a creepy guy. Like it was just it was like a wee That's good. it was a wee eleven year old girl and during one of the matches Sasha Banks had with Bailey Sasha Banks threw Bailey right in front of her which made the wee girl cry. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it, but yeah, and now wrestling fans hate that wee girl for some reason. Oh, that's also terrible. Like, li- Why are you bringing me all this bad news? <laughs> like literally, right? So she posted on Twitter, 
Um, like, so wrestlers follow her because they're like, okay, we're going to make this weird kid today by, like, tweeting her back, which is nice. So, like, wrestlers right. are completely behind it. So, like, she won her first ever judo competition because she's learning fighting moves because she's wanting one day to become a wrestler. Right. Um, yeah. So, like, a bunch of wrestlers were like, hey, congratulations, you're going to be a future women's champion, you know, really encouraging <laughs> this wee girl. And then there was just fans shitting on her. And I'm like, you're, you're shitting on a 12-year-old here, man. <laughs> leave her, leave her yep. alone. That's very sad. That is very sad. Wrestling fans are the worst. That I... seems like a brave stance to take on a wrestling podcast. Oh, wrestling fans agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's sort of like how there's... You know how... I'm trying to think of something that you... Okay, you know how like in the Marvel fan base is for like that sector who just enjoys the movies and loves talking about the movies and then there's that sector who goes, ah, there's women and minorities in this movie to, to the bin with them. Right. But but there's but, but there's that in wrestling. <laughs> right, which I was aware of before going into this, but yeah. uh yeah. Anyway, so a Sami Zayn promo talks about how good and disciplined he is, but how he always falls short during big matches, saying that um it's taken him people have taken him lightly to what given him success. Um he loves Adrian but wants to beat him because so that there's no doubt that he is the main champion. Yes. Well, Sami Zayn is the most over person in NXT at this point, which I'm sure you saw. He's, um, he was not very memorable amongst all of the other people. You think? He's actually the most popular person out of these four men. If you say so. <laughs> he had the biggest, he had the big, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. So the story for this fatal four-way main event <laughs> between Tyson Kidd, Tyler Breeze, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville for the NXT Championship. Um, all three challengers felt they had a claim to the championship. Um, Sami Zayn just being the most formidable person in NXT, despite what Jen thinks. Um, Tyler Breeze <laughs> winning, beating Sami Zayn for the number one contendership at the last special, um, but then losing it after shenanigans in a match in a match with the champion. And Tyson Kidd, I, I've been on the main roster and I hate my wife, so give me a shot, basically. And, yeah. <laughs> and so Adrian Neville, having beaten all three people pe- uh, men in the last year. And decided, fuck it, I'm sick of you three going for my championship. I have I will take all four of you on at the same time. Giggly. And so now all <laughs> now all four men all three, all three men have a shot at the championship. All four of the, the men in this competition were on Monday Night Raw in a tag team match to promote this show, with Adrian Neville beating Tyler Breeze. Anyway, so the entrances of this match were actually one of the best parts of the match. Because <laughs> Tyler Breeze's entrance is amazing. Yeah. Like, it's just the perfect... Like, he literally just had... Okay, so back in the day, um, like, self-obsessed heels would, like, look in the mirror on the way down. What he has is a phone live-streaming mm-hmm. his face to the big screen behind yes. him. Yes. It's amazing. It was great. You know... You know yes, it... I have... <laughs> this, get... this is the point where I have written down, I kind of love him, he's awful, he... so... You know what's great? Um... My um, Callum, my twin, walked in while I was watching this, and I was like, "Hey, look!" <laughs> I was like, "Look, that's Prince Pretty." He just shook his head and closed my door. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know how to make him close your door. Yeah, that's for so... one, like it's the one time he's done it wittingly where I haven't had to throw a bottle at him. Anyway, <laughs> so this entrance would actually get better because he'd add a selfie stick. Ah, oh, so, so you get more of an angle. Yeah, and so he'd get a better angle. And then also he'd start periscoping his entrance to Twitter. <laughs> so like you could like tune in on Twitter when he was making his entrance. And then uh, um, he debuted on the main roster where his and en- he wasn't just on the screen behind him. It was on like the massive screen you'd get in stadiums all around the stadium. <laughs> See, that's very good. He has an amazing gimmick. It's such a shame he barely gets used anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn was the clear crowd favorite coming out with a Scar theme, which just sounds like Tom Scar's playlist has come to life in a wrestling theme. See, that's the thing. He was just kind of like a dude, he's and a, the ones that are boy. just kind of a dude are just not interesting to okay, me, uh, and I just don't understand. Okay, so the reason behind him just becoming a dude, on the independent circuit, he was El Generico, who, the generic luchador. And oh. they wouldn't let him keep that because it's too meta a gimmick for WWE. So he, so just... he genuinely it just is a dude. <laughs> is like, I got dude. it. I nailed yeah. it in one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's just a dude who's really good at the graps. 
Um, Tyson Kidd comes out, he's just a dick. Like, he wears headphones to the ring <laughs> to drown out the crowd noise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and his wife, apparently. And, and his <laughs> wife. There's actually a great story. So Sami Zayn, I don't know, I remember we came down with it in this, but he wears, like, this old man fishing cap. Oh. And, like, made of tweed and all that. And so he on so like on they do like non televised shows called house shows and they were doing a run of them and on one night, um in the hotel, Tyson Kidd stole Sami Zayn's hat. So came down to like no, this wasn't in storyline, this was just to mess with him. So he came down wearing his hood. Revealed his hood and he was wearing Sami Zayn's hat in the match against him. And Sami Zayn apparently was just like, "That's my hat. He's got my hat." Because he thought he'd lost it, so he was like, "Ref, he's got my hat. Give me my hat back." Oh well, and, wonderful. And Adrian Neville comes out and he he he, he can do flips, basically. He can. He can do. I have written down Jumpy Boy Very Bounce. So yeah. <laughs> Jumpy Boy Very Bounce. Much entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. So, eight, so it starts off with men wanting to be outside when eventually the bad guys get the good guys on the ramp and start just suplexing them on the ramp, which looks yeah. very painful. Yeah. Like, just on one of them was on steel. Yeah, they mentioned that. In have, have you ever been the, suplexed on steel? I don't think I've ever been suplexed. I've fallen on I, steel I've been... I don't know. You don't it know. Seems like it would hurt. It it does hurt. I've fallen on steel before. It it's it's a very owie moment. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, so after that, Adrian Neville, um, <laughs> not Adrian Neville, um, Tyson Kidd gets Sami Zayn into the ring and ju- and does a great thing where he starts working him over. You know, getting him weakened so he can go for the pin. Or also, you can see he he's looking around to make sure no one else gets in the ring so he can beat him. I thought mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna lie. I had a hard time following what was happening on this particular match. So right, okay. What really confused you? I was just kind of a lot of boys just beating on each other, and they kept being so like, funny. "Oh, this one's definitely gonna win if he does this one thing." And I was like, "But like, why though? I don't understand what it's... the difference is." All right. So. I'm I'm very confused. I'm confused now myself. Okay, so <laughs> basically, the you can't approach a match like this like you would a normal match because you need to cut off the other opponent. So what Tyson Kidd did, which was make, which is why I think he's smart, he made sure um he worked with someone to take out the rest of the field, took him out, and then got the weaker one, threw him back in the ring, and started prepping him to win to win. And while he was in there, okay. making sure no one else could get back in, so he could so they couldn't break up a pinfall. So they had to be in the ring to win? Yes. Okay, so you, okay. okay. So how you want this match? You have to be in the ring and you have to pin someone, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be the champion. Yeah, see, that was the part that was confusing because it was they were all fighting Adrian, but there were several points where Adrian wasn't involved at all. And they were like, oh, he's definitely going to win. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening here, but sure, if you say so, I believe you. It's just I got confused. <laughs> Didn't explain it very good for my poor, confused, new person brain. <laughs> anyway, so eventually the good guys get back in, and then the dissension between Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn, who are firm friends, started to get started to get appealing. So Sami Zayn went to do his big dive, but then Adrian Neville cuts him off so he could do his big dive, just because Adrian Neville wanted to be a dick to Sami Zayn. That's not very nice. It's really not very nice. Uh, this, this, was, this is why these two fight in the next special. Um, again, Kid running roughshod on the match. He did this quite a lot. Tyson Kid was in control for a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah, and which isn't good for Jen because like he, she she doesn't like people who hate their wives. And <laughs> um, Neville gets um, chick, um, chucked out the ring when he tries to subdue Tyson. That was fun. Um... My notes are really fucking bad. Um, Kid gets... They're better than mine. (laughs) Um, There was a Tower of Doom spot, which was fun, which is where all men went from the top rope to the ground and all of them were hurt. That was fun. Um, By the way, the name of Tyler Breeze's... um, There was a point in this match where Tyler Breeze hit all his big moves, and the name of his moves are great. So it's... um, There's a move called the Super Kick, but he does it because of the Supermodel Kick. 
Oh, see, I love him. <laughs> and uh, his big um, spinning heel kick is called the beauty shot. It's also good, yes. Yeah, so he did that to everyone in this match, but then it kept getting cut off. This, ha- this happened a lot in this match. People started to get flowy going and then someone cut them off. Yeah. So then we go to the finish where Sami Zayn just takes everyone out. Exploding, exploding suplex to one guy. Um, dive out, out to take out Neville. Um, Haluva kick to, I believe, believe Tyson Kidd. Um, goes to the pin, but then Adrian Neville pulls out the referee. Yeah. And then it, Sami Zayn had the biggest um, she believed he lied face. And yeah. Then Adrian, he comes out he's like, hey man, what are you doing? Gets super kicked by Neville. Neville hits his red arrow, which is the weird twisty thing, which I can't make out how the fuck he does it, for the three. The crowd did not like this. I didn't. I wasn't in the crowd, but I didn't like it either. Why didn't you like it? Uh, I My notes say pulling the ref out. Rude. Is Adrian it... wins, but like, lame. <laughs> okay, so, but so... <laughs> you can't get disqualified in a match like this, which is why he was able to pull the ref out. I understand, because they... T- said it explicitly uh, in the commentary i'm pretty sure but you don't want neville you just thought but to be fair neville Neville could have just as easily pulled zane it was boring that's all (laughs) boring you said it was rude (laughs) but very different emotions rude and boring like it's just you know poor sportsmanship which is the the entire point of it i'm sure but like that's you know it worked it made me feel that way this is you weren't as angry when the frenchman got butt shaved I was upset. They were very mean to him. <laughs> they were very mean to him. Anyway, but I thought this was a really good match. I thought Tyson Kidd had really good psychology. I thought a lot of good stories were built between the men. And they even gave you a little time to breathe. At one, at one point, any one of these men could have won this, and I thought that was really fun. I'm glad that you liked it, and I'm sorry that my opinion is so different, but like, it was a very long match comparatively to everything else that happened, I think. And there was a lot of like just close-up faces of people making owie faces. It was this match was um, about 10 while minutes. laying on the ground. This match was about ten minutes longer than anything else on the card. Yeah, and it just was like a very dissatisfying ending for as long as it was. Well, they're trying to set up. Okay, at the next pe- show they set up Naval versus Zane, where Zane got his big victory. Right, and like I like I said, I get that. I get that that was the whole point, but like oh, you know for happened? this match in particular, it was supposed to make you upset. It was supposed to make you like, ah, that's not fair. Ah, he needs another chance. So you know what happens after Sami Zayn finally wins the big one? What happens? Okay, so his best friend, Kevin Owens, debuted for NXT <laughs> earlier that night. Okay. And then, um, so Ke- after Sami Zayn wins the title, Kevin Owens comes out to congratulate him. As for walking to the ring... Kevin Owens hoofs Sami Zayn's head into the steel and hits him off the ring apron. That seems very mean. It's because Kevin Owens wants to make the best living for his family and he can only do that as the champion. That still seems very mean. It's not the best way to go about things, Jen, but it's how Kevin Owens (laughs) operates. Well, I don't know. So what do you think of this um, show as a whole? How did you enjoy yourself? Um, I enjoyed myself. It was considerably more wrestling than I have ever watched in my entire life. Um, big fan of Bailey. <laughs> yeah. Dead um, overall, it was interesting, um, because I'm watching it as an outsider. It was really cool to see, like, um, the level at which the crowd plays a part. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, in the shows, like, you know, in the first match, they're basically providing sound effects for every single hit. And, um... You know, they there's so much call and response with the intros and everything. It's it's really kind of cool to see like uh, an entire subculture that I'm not part of and like watch the way that it unfolds. Um, I had a lot of fun. Oh, the crowd actually. Um, you remember Baron Corbin from earlier, big scary biker dude. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his matches were so short that the crowd would start counting to see how long it it would go. <laughs> well, that's also very good though. See. Uh, I also really enjoyed the show. Massive nostalgia for me. This these shows would be uh, I'd be able to watch these shows on a Friday where I'd have a half day on school. I'd get back back home, bottle of coke, bag of sweets, just enjoy my afternoon because I didn't have to be in school. And Callum <laughs> and Callum had friends at that point, so he wouldn't be in the house either. So I could just enjoy my wrestling in peace. Well, I'm glad that it brought back such fond memories for you. Yes, absolutely, and not not of school days. School sucked. Anyway. <laughs> 
that has been NXT 34. What will happen next time? I've explicitly told you what happens next time. I was trying not to do that, but also I, I enjoy talk, telling Jen things. <laughs> um, this, this is normally where I have people plug what they do, but like you, you're not, you don't. What do you, do you want to plug anything? Um, everyone should tell somebody else that they know about this podcast and force them to be fans of you. So how's that? Stop trying to make people like me. I... <laughs> okay, they they should plug this podcast and become fans of Garth and Rob, but not Chris. They already are. They already fans of Garth and Rob and not Chris. Well, I'm not sure. What would you like me to plug, Chris? Fair enough. You're you're very good at selfies. You should plug your Instagram. I'm good on that, actually. I huh? think this is plenty. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, tell a friend. Watch this podcast. Enjoy. Don't look for Jen's Instagram. Um, <laughs> you can you can find me at Candy Chris ninety seven, which I think is a really good name, and um, <laughs> you, can, you can find the rest of the podcast on where are we? We're on Pippa, um, we're on Spotify, we're on, normally Rob does this. Um, we're on where else are we on? <laughs> iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. Where do where do you listen to podcasts, Jen? Uh, I <laughs> I used to use SoundCloud. Are you on there? No. I like Podcast Addict. Podcast That's Addict. One. That's one we're on. Yeah. We're on Podcast Addict. <laughs> um, you can also follow us on various social medias. It's either at Podmania or at Real Podmania because apparently our name was taken. Um, you can go on our YouTube channel where we basically just put our podcasts. So if, if you like it in a video format where nothing's moving, why... <laughs> The fuck not. You can check out our regular scheduled podcast on a Tuesday. You can... I don't know. You can probably find me on Tinder. Um, if, you live oh. in, if you live in the Edinburgh area. Um, <laughs> it, I, I don't know my name on there, but you know you can find it. That you might, I have a recognisable face. Um, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, right? So Yeah. Talking, yeah. Looking for my true sweetheart. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I used to be so good at ending. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans.